0: hello friends this is nathan powell i co-host a brand new podcast called dynasty double take with dan seno we join the dlf family of podcasts with unique dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format dan and i love to debate dynasty and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers coaching draft capital and much much more FirstEliteFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain.
1: Guys, I can't wait to talk about how the Browns found another way not to win a game.
0: That's Travis <laughs> the Beard.
2: Hey guys, what's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? Snowballs. Snowballs.
0: Yeah. Nah, uh, he's, he's getting better, I gotta say. <laughs> I am John. Why can't I quit you, Nick Foles-Hogue? And this is the Superflex Super Show! The explosion of fantasy points as NFL teams lit up the scoreboard in Week 2, unearthed rising stars all over the fantasy landscape. Meanwhile, fantasy studs deal with injuries and get bogged down in lifeless offenses. And just as the who's who of the 2018 fantasy season starts to take shape, the Browns and Patriots make a trade that shakes things up. Lots of things to get to in this episode full of roster-loading action items. But let's start with This Week I Learned. And let's start with you, Travis.
2: So this week I learned that I need to start going to open tryouts for NFL kickers. What I week? think I, I'm, I'm only 28. I think I could probably still make it in the league if I train really hard for a year. What do you guys think?
0: I think you've been on the mic twice now and both times was a dad joke. I think that's uh that's pretty impressive. We had two for the <laughs> price do, of one today. <laughs> if you, you could kick an do. extra
1: point, you could probably make it. <laughs> yeah. I could make it for your team. Yeah, ouch. Ouch. Your team hasn't kicked an extra point yet, Travis.
2: We have no, we have not, because we haven't scored a touchdown.
1: Ouch. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this week I learned that the New York Giants will be looking for a quarterback next offseason. I know a lot of Giant fans were kind of all over the map with the Saquon Barkley pick um, because there was a lot of people who thought that maybe they should have taken a quarterback there. And how good would Sam Darnold look right now? Because that, that team is struggling offensively to move the ball with the weapons they have. There should, There's no excuse for for you know the, the struggles that they've had so far. And I, I'm... I'm placing a lot of it. I know the offensive line's been tough. Play calling hasn't been great. But I want to place a lot of this on E.Y. Manning. I think, it's, I think it's time for the Giants to look for answers at the quarterback position. So I think next offseason, Giants are going to be looking to upgrade that position.
0: This week I learned that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best quarterback in Tampa Bay, and he still will be in Week 5. I don't think Jameis Winston has what it takes to, to uh, supplant. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback
2: I think that he's the second best quarterback in the NFL isn't he
0: I from a fantasy point standpoint (laughs) he's the best player in the NFL right now from a real life
2: standpoint he's the best player in the NFL
0: yeah yeah I mean as a person he's (laughs) (laughs) as a person for sure as a character
1: absolutely He, Uh, he might be the best dressed as well I love that guy. <laughs> yes.
2: Anyways, yeah, dude, I think that, I mean, if he doesn't suck, if if Tampa Bay wins this week, I think Jameis Winston has to ride the bench for a little while.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or at least too.
2: a couple of games, right? Yeah, you would think. Until until he falls off the cliff again and, and turns back into Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: I, yep. I think Jameis has to ride the bench either way. I mean, look at this, they... Coming into the season, if you said Tampa Bay was going to be two and0 after going to New Orleans and then playing the Eagles? I, I, would have, I would have said you were nuts. That would have been on year-nuts segment, and they are. they are 2 and0, and it's, a lot of it has to do with Fitzpatrick's plays, so uh, man, I, I think he's earned that starting spot already.
2: He's so fun to watch, man. He is just like playing schoolyard ball, just chucking that thing around.
1: Yep. And this week,
0: they're at home. And they get Pittsburgh coming in. Pittsburgh just lost at home against Kansas City, and on the road, Ben Roethlisberger is dreadful. This could easily be a three and zero start. And, and they uh, just gave
2: up six touchdowns to Pat Mahomes.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> so <laughs> who's who's probably one B, if not just straight up number two to Ryan Fitzpatrick right at the moment. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do against that defense
2: yeah crazy man all right so the other thing i learned this week is the whole who else are they going to give the ball to argument for a player on a bad offense or for volume for a below average player is not a good argument at all uh case in point Lashawn mccoy david johnson Kelvin benjamin alan hearns peyton barber
0: i like that one
1: mm, interesting yeah Second thing I learned is that people lose their minds when a player changes teams mid-season, in-season. It, it's just it, it can be any player for any reason, and if he changes teams, we all have to have a hot take about it within thirty minutes, um, and and it, it's it's ridiculous. Sometimes uh, it seems like everybody wants to be first to the. You know, first to uh, to to get their their opinion out there, and um, it, it, you know, it's it's all we talk about for an entire day or two, or sometimes even an entire week. We're going to get to Josh Gordon a little bit later, so I won't I won't go too far into it. But um, but yeah, that uh, <laughs> if, if you uh, if if you haven't heard the news by now, you're probably living under a rock, and even then, you might have heard somebody walk by and talk about it. So it, it's it's insane how people lose their uh, lose their minds when a player switches teams in season
2: yeah it's pretty crazy if it makes you feel better james i haven't sent one josh gordon tweet
1: oh my goodness that does make me feel a little bit better yeah are you proud of me i i actually am good job drivers. good job
0: <laughs> i think i sent one for each of us so yeah we're oh, okay <laughs> you're welcome and then there's john. You, always, you always have my back john <laughs> <laughs> uh, i try and this week I learned that tight end is more streamable than ever, and uh just to just to kind of put a fine point on this, Nick Boyle, Jesse James, Jack Doyle, and I guess Eric Ebron are all going to be not only startable but strong starts for me in week three. Meanwhile, Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey each have a tight end one overall game and a one catch game so far out of two. You're at this point you're kinda of better off streaming tight end than even having one of the quote unquote elite guys.
2: We'll talk more about some of these guys in a minute, I think. Yeah, but, Will Disley, man. Come on, Will Disley. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Will Will Dis I did not include Will Disley in that, by the way. And uh that was not an oversight on my part. I don't <laughs> Thank I still you. don't care about <laughs> Will Disley. I really don't. All right, but let's get to the Superflex SOPs for the weekend. Start with the ad drops, three players from each of us, all of different positions, all 33% ownership or less in Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. And let's start with you, James.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to start out with a tight end, and I'm going to go with Christopher Herndon, the tight end for the New York Jets. And mm-hmm. really kind of an eye-opening thing for me was Christopher Herndon was targeted four times. He made a couple grabs for 30 yards, but he was definitely the tight end that they were looking to to throw the ball to in New York. I think, I, I think after that game against Miami where Sam Darnold struggled a little bit and he threw a couple interceptions – to get him to, to use that safety valve when nothing's there. I think they're going to look to the tight end a little bit more. So Christopher Herndon's a guy um, coming out of Miami who um, is, you know, he's talented, but I I didn't know that the opportunity was going to be there for him. And it looks like he's the tight end there that they're going to use more times than not. So I, I, I like Christopher Herndon. That's a guy that I would look to pick up. Um, He's, he's owned in probably 0% of these leagues. Um, because he's, he's a name that kind of just emerged and just started showing some life. And I think, I think that's a thing that's going to stick. Um, so I, I would look at, uh, at adding Christopher Herndon at tight end. Uh, next is Richard Higgins, the wide receiver for the Browns, obviously with Josh Gordon on his way out. Um, Antonio Callaway is a guy who is probably already owned and mostly he's probably a guy that people scooped up right away. If he isn't, that's a guy that I would look to. Um, but the the forgotten guy is probably Richard Higgins, and this is a guy who plays outside a lot when they move Callaway to the slot, and he he does a really good job uh, outside of of you know finding ways to get open, especially against zone coverage. And Tyrod Taylor's already found a found a way to get him the ball a few times. So uh, Rashard Higgins is a guy that I like a lot, and he's a guy that's uh, that's not owned very much. So I would look to see if Rashard Higgins is available, and if he is, I'd add him right away. And the last player I'm going to go with is Ido Smith. And Ido Smith, you know, his value is basically gauged to, I mean, there's two running backs with Devonta Freeman and with Tevin Coleman in Atlanta that already have value. So uh, how much value can Ido Smith have? Well, with Devonta Freeman out, Ido Smith is actually getting, getting a little bit of a run spelling Tevin Coleman, and he's looking pretty good doing it. Um, you know, this last game, he actually put up some decent numbers when he got the opportunity. So Edo Smith is a guy that, you know, I don't know how long, you know, um, Uh, Devontae freeman misses it's said to be just you know maybe two to three weeks with that knee bruise um but you know he's he's been banged up before you know concussion injuries that sort of thing and now a knee injury never know you know what's going to happen injury wise but um ito smith again nine carries for 46 yards against a, a pretty decent carolina defense so uh while while uh and when I was able to run the ball, no matter who took it, Edo Smith showed a little something. I mean, he averaged over five yards a carry on his nine carries. So, um, if he can get that, I think he's worth rostering and, um, you know, you never know what if Tevin Coleman goes down next week, you know, you might have Edo Smith for a week of starting and if he looks really good, you know, he might play himself into more of a role. So, uh, those are the three guys I'd be looking at this week, guys. What do you think?
0: Yeah, those are good ones. Um, everything kind of shifts in the backfield for the Falcons I mean, when Devonta Freeman is healthy, obviously he's, you know, kind of a RB1, a low-end RB1 for fantasy purposes. And Tevin Coleman is still fantasy relevant. So when Freeman goes down, then Coleman kind of shifts into that RB1 range and Edo Smith becomes relevant. So, and I mean, it's just going to keep shifting like that. They're always going to use two of these guys at a time. So, I'll give you my three guys here. First of all, is a quarterback, and uh, this is probably, this is really only in a redraft league. Um, These quarterbacks are not available in dynasty leagues, but Baker Mayfield is only 8% owned. In a super flex league, I'm going to guess it's a little more than that, but it's probably still under that 33% threshold that we're looking for. And I'm willing to put 10 to 15% fab on Baker Mayfield. Tyrod Taylor has not looked very good. And now he loses Josh Gordon. We're kind of down to Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, the running backs. And then, you know, James, you just mentioned Richard Higgins. I'm going to get to him a little bit later as well. But the all of a sudden, you know, it looked like there were going to be so many weapons on this offense. And it's already dried up <laughs> two weeks into the season. So, you know, the the usefulness of Tyrod Taylor is already starting to to wane a little bit I'm looking for Baker Mayfield to get on the field sooner rather than later so this is a little bit of a premature pickup but um, just to I mean you can still get him cheap like I said 10 to 15 percent fab is kind of what I would throw on him at the moment Um, and I would do it now before you know he actually takes over the starting job and uh, his his value shoots through the roof. So running back Corey Clement, who's 22% owned in Yahoo Leagues, Jay Ajayi went down with an injury. It sounds like he probably makes it back sooner rather than later, but this is going to be an ongoing thing for the Eagles' backfield, and uh, Corey Clement is is going to take on a bigger and bigger workload as this season goes on, I think, um, just, just by virtue of Jay Ajayi Breaking down to the workload that's on him, so Corey Clement is probably going to be fairly expensive on your waivers, but he's worth it. At this point, I'd go up to forty percent just to make sure that I that I get a guy who's going to be the most durable running back in that Philadelphia Eagles backfield. Uh, Carson Wentz comes back, which makes him even more valuable because all of a sudden he he takes on a bigger role in the passing game. And then wide receiver Dante Pettis, 21% owned. He's the deep threat in San Francisco right now. They missed on Josh Gordon, which means that uh, Dante Pettis keeps his job, keeps his role. I don't love rookie wide receivers in uh, redraft leagues, but Dante Pettis has the attention of Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't think that that that's going to change. Even with a healthy Marquise Goodwin, I think that Dante Pettis keeps the role that he's got. All right, I
2: like those except for the Corey Clement forty percent. I don't think I can get on board with that. But you guys like him more than I do. Mm-hmm. J came back in that game though. I don't know that he's gonna miss any time.
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: Yeah, I still think Corey Clement's the, the back tone as far as pass catching goes. And I I know they uh, the Eagles use Sprills a lot, but I don't know how much time Sprills is expected to miss. But Corey Clement showed really well in that role again. Um, So I think I think he's the guy that I would I'd want to own as far as, you know, if if the Eagles are going to be playing from behind and they're going to need that pass catching back a lot. I I think that that narrative kind of fits what I'd use Corey Clement for.
2: Yeah, I mean, he probably will have a larger role. He did get six targets in week two, but Darren Sproles, like you said, missed that game. Um, I just don't know how much is there. And none of those guys are really that appealing just because they straight up use a committee even when all of their guys are healthy. So he will get a larger role. So I, I I get that. My first one is Buck Allen for running back. He's only 8% owned right now, which I thought was pretty surprising. Um, He was running back 14 in week two. He's running back 16 on the season. Alex Collins is running back 33 on the season. And I mean, it's not like Buck Allen's lighting it up on the ground He is not. He's only got 10 carries on the year. Alex Collins only has 16. So that offense is not running the ball very, very much. But they are passing to the running backs and mainly to Buck Allen, who has 13 targets over the first two weeks versus Alex Collins, who has five targets. So I think that Buck Allen absolutely needs to be owned. I think he's startable in in PPR leagues. At wide receiver, I have John Brown. He's only 25% owned, so he might not be there for everybody, but he's wide receiver 23 on the season so far. He's had two good games in a row. Um, I still will preach caution a little bit with this one because it's Joe Flacco. And John Brown only has seven receptions through two weeks, but he does lead them in yardage and touchdowns with two. So he's not, he's getting targets, but. I think he's got 16 on on the or no 14 on the year so far. So he's he's getting them, but he's only got seven catches. And Joe Flacco has thrown for 612 yards and five touchdowns through two games. That's not going to continue for very much longer. So I don't know how much longer uh, that passing game is going to be a viable option for us. But John Brown is the upside receiver in that uh, in that offense for sure. And then at tight end, I unfortunately have Jesse James. He's, oh, I know yeah, he's you, ten... Are you
1: are you jumping ship from the McDonald bandwagon and jumping no, no, on no. the Outlaws? No,
2: <laughs> we're gonna. I'm I'm gonna talk Vance McDonald later, but Jesse James is only ten percent owned. And I, I said unfortunately because I'm I'm a huge Vance McDonald fan. I have been for uh, two and a half years now, <laughs> and that's yet to come to fruition. But He was healthy, and he was on the field, and he got five targets, and Jesse James got five targets. Jesse James just happens to be doing a heck of a lot more with his targets so far. He's the tight end two on the season so far, which is insane. Obviously, obviously we're still dealing with super small sample sizes, but he's got eight catches on 10 targets, 198 yards, and a touchdown, and... I mean, they seem to be using these guys. I think it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, if they're if they're both getting five targets a game, there's going to be games where Jesse James has 24 yards and there's and Vance McDonald scores a touchdown. You know, so it's not going to be super consistent. But as a tight end streaming option, he he has to be in the conversation now. And then I've also got some runner ups here that I wanted to mention real quick. Geronimo Allison is 31% owned. So he barely makes this cut, but he's had two good games in a row now. And he's the unquestioned wide receiver three on that team, which is kind of, we didn't know what that situation was going to be coming into the year. We didn't know if Geronimo Allison was going to keep that role. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling was going to have a role in that offense, but it's, it's John Allison and he's going to be volatile because any wide receiver three on any offense is going to be volatile. But if there's a wide receiver three, on an offense that you want to own. It's the one for the green Bay Packers. And last week he outproduced Randall Cobb on the same yeah. amount of targets. So he's definitely flex worthy most weeks, I think. And then Gio Bernard is only 28% owned and he might not even be a runner up here. He might need to be the headliner for this week because Joe Mixon's expected to miss two to four weeks. Gio Bernard is pretty much all they've got. Uh, as far as anybody, they're going to give any sort of decent volume to, and yeah, so I mean, Gio Bernard could be an every week starter for us for the next couple weeks here. Uh, Theo Riddick is on here as well. He got like 12 targets in week two, Corey Grant, Jacksonville running back. Uh, I put him on here. I don't know that he's necessarily a must own, but he showed well in his opportunity splitting work with TJ Yeldon. Uh, with Leonard Fournette out, but Leonard Fournette's probably not gonna miss that much more time, if any more at all. And then I threw Des Bryant on here because he's available. He's only owned in 26% of leagues. I don't know if or when he's gonna sign, but if you've got a burner roster spot, a burner bench spot, I think there's some upside in throwing him in there. Um, at least, you know, through the through the middle of the week and then you can drop him for a kicker or something and then throw him back on throw him back on your bench after the games are over. He's basically, I mean, no one's picking him up.
0: Yeah, I'm good with all those. John Brown, I think, draws Chris Harris this week, by the way. So you might be able to get him a little bit cheaper next week. But I don't think I'd risk it. He needs to be rostered. So I'm good with all those. Um, Let's talk about some buys and sells. These are guys who are largely owned in your fantasy leagues right now. At least 60% in Yahoo leagues. So, you know, the only way to to move on from these guys or to acquire these guys is going to be through a trade. Um, but these are some moves that, uh, that we highly suggest making. And I'm going to start for you guys because so first of all, I want to sell Pat Mahomes and I want to clarify something here. It's not that I'm actively trying to get rid of Pat Mahomes. I've been super high on Pat Mahomes since he came out of college and, uh, I, I, I kind of tempered expectations in the offseason and that's one of the things that I got the most wrong. I should have uh I should have stayed on him the way that I was, but right now I've I'm seeing on Twitter people you know considering him the quarterback number 1 overall in Superflex Dynasty and uh if that's the type of value that you can get for Pat Mahomes right now, I think you do it. I think you got to do it. We're already talking about Pat Mahomes in much more glowing context than we did Deshaun Watson last year when uh, Watson had actually a larger sample size than what we have right now for Pat Mahomes. So if if that's the market for Pat Mahomes, I'm absolutely selling. And then the other guy that I would like to sell is Josh Gordon absolutely selling josh gordon now that he's a member of the new england patriots you you just instantly got a buy window for a guy who you've been you felt kind of stuck with through the first two weeks of the season he's going to a team that's not going to use him they don't use their outside wide receivers even brandon cooks managed to be he was wide receiver 15 last year But he did that, he was a a top 12 wide receiver five times in 2017 in a year where Julian Edelman was out for the entire season. And of those five times when he was a wide receiver one, three of them came when Chris Hogan was also injured. So a lot has to go right for them to to even think about that outside wide receiver that Josh Gordon is going to play. And quite frankly, guys, Brandon Cooks is a better wide receiver, right at right at this moment than Josh Gordon is. So I have zero expectations of Josh Gordon, of Josh Gordon, and I'm selling him for absolutely anything, especially with how crazy people are going over him. And before I get get into the buys, I want to give you guys a chance to respond to both of those because I know they're a little hot takey.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'll start. I I kind of like a both. I. I... I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a guy who I'm buying into more and more and more every time I see him. But at, at the same, you know, in the in the same breath, I'll say that if he is being valued as the QB1 in a super flex league, what you can get a small fortune for him. And I think at this point, you know, seeing the sample size that we've seen, I think I think there's only there's only room for regression. He's not going to throw 10 touchdowns every two games. Right. So. I, th- I think that you know you you can you can probably sell him for a small fortune and you probably get it. so I'm, I'm on board with that and yeah, Josh Gordon, i don't I don't see him coming in and automatically just clicking with Tom Brady and having the chemistry that New England receivers need to have with Brady um, you know to to be an immediate impact guy. And so I, I would definitely look to sell him too. I think a lot of people are going going crazy over the landing spot and I'm not as bought in. With it, as everyone else seems to be, so we'll we'll kind of see. But yeah, I'd I'd be selling him as well. So I, I think I agree with both of them.
2: Wait, you guys don't think Pat Mahomes is going to throw eighty touchdowns? (laughs) He he (laughs) still might. This is the first I've heard of this. (laughs) I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, it's fun to. I have him in and I have him in two dynasty leagues, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it right now. But yeah, I mean, if he's valued over every single other quarterback right now, I mean, it's obviously a, a good sell window. And yeah, I mean, two game sample size is nothing. That could very easily turn into the opposite in the next two games. You know, he could throw ten picks. We we have no idea. Obviously, we like what we see. That we don't think that's going to happen. But the point is, you can't you can't buy that much into two games when. And 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 value him as the quarterback one overall. So I'm okay with it if you can get really good value on him. And then I don't really I don't really have a Josh Gordon opinion honestly.
0: <laughs> uh you have to. Uh, do I though? Has to right now, <laughs> apparently.
2: I don't know, man. It's kind of whatever. Yeah.
0: Do you own any Josh Gordon shares?
2: I do. In in Dynasty, I don't have any in Redraft.
0: Yeah, what are you going to do?
2: I don't know, man. i kind of just been sitting there. I haven't gotten any offers. Oh, interesting. But I also haven't gone out and said, hey, Josh Gordon's available. Or I, haven't, I haven't updated the trade bait or anything. But you'd think – I don't know. I mean that's the, that's the reasoning here, right, is like, oh, he gets a value bump and a and there's a sell window because he's going to New England. Hmm. But I don't know – I mean I haven't seen any any action on him at all. Hmm.
0: Okay. Maybe it's the vocal minority on, uh, on Twitter, um, falling all over themselves to acquire Josh Gordon. So maybe that one's not nearly as much of a hot take as I thought, but I'll give you guys a couple buys as well. Julian Edelman is coming back from suspension in two more weeks. Uh, he's got two more weeks to serve the suspension and then he comes back and that is the wide receiver to own in new England. Uh, when this offense turns it around, it's going to be Julian Edelman um, is going to be the primary target, and then Aaron Jones comes back from suspension actually this coming week in here in week three, and the the other running backs in Green Bay have done absolutely nothing to separate themselves and to uh, establish themselves um, is uh, is is somebody who's going to uh, to keep Aaron Jones out of off of the field so um Aaron Jones might not come back right away and and serve a large purpose but I mean he's the most talented back out of the entire group it's just a matter of time before he takes this over Jamal Williams had it had an opportunity here and unfortunately he ran into two very good defenses Um, but the reality is he just again he hasn't separated himself so uh, pick up Aaron Jones, buy him cheap while you still can before he comes back from suspension.
1: See, that's interesting. I, I definitely think now's the time to buy Julian Edelman because, especially you know, if if you know the fantasy owner that has him rostered is struggling a little bit, you know, out of the gates here, now might be the time because you know he might not be able to afford to wait for Edelman to come back. Uh, so I, I i love that call john but boy aaron jones i mean if i'm in a if i'm a fantasy owner and i have aaron jones rostered and i waited the first two weeks for him i'm not dealing him week 3 you know not when i know now's the time when he comes back i had to sit on him for two weeks man i'm i'm asking a premium for him now at this point just because i waited those two weeks i kind of paid that piper of you know not being able to use him for two weeks and kept him rostered i don't think now's the time that i'm dealing him low so Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if, if you can get him low, um, at this point, but, um, I don't know that I'd be, um, if if I, if I was an Aaron Jones owner, I don't know that after sitting on him for the first two weeks, I'd be willing to deal him low at this point.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, I think that I'd be willing to buy him a little bit high at this point. Um, just because, I mean, my concern, my only concern with him was that, again, that Jamal Williams was gonna, was gonna create some separation, Um, between him and Aaron Jones you know with those two weeks uncontested but the fact that he wasn't able to do it um, makes me think that Aaron Jones takes over that starting job sooner rather than later and that makes it worth it to me to to pay a little bit of a premium to get him but let's go to you Travis for your sell buys and sells all right so my first
2: sell is Chris Hogan and I actually I wrote this one in here before the Josh Gordon trade, so I think he was a sell before Gordon came in. It might be a little bit harder now to sell Chris Hogan, um, with everybody knowing that Josh Gordon's going to come in there and thinking they're going to take away from that he's going to take away from Chris Hogan. Uh, But I think that after a two touchdown game, you might still be able to to move him. He had five targets in both weeks so far. He had one catch for eleven yards in week one, and then in week two he had two touchdowns. So Chris Hogan's a sell for me. I just think he's going to be up and down all year. You're not going to want to start him when you do. He's going to suck for you. When you don't, he's going to blow up on your bench. I don't want Chris Hogan on my rosters. The other, my next sell is Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson has a 100% catch rate on the season. He's caught nine out of nine targets and he's currently got 30.6 yards per reception. Uh, that by itself is unsustain is unsustainable and a cause for selling him, uh, just from just from that. But then you add in the Jameis Winston factor. We don't know when he's going to come back, but if he comes back week four, week five, and whenever he does come back, he's not going to throw it down the field to Deshaun Jackson like Ryan Fitzpatrick has been. So I think. I think the time is, is very limited with Deshaun Jackson, whether it's from Jameis Winston coming back or just from natural regression. He's not going to catch every target and run for 30 yards on every catch. It's not going to happen. So I think he, I think this is your window to get some value on Deshaun Jackson. And my last, my last sell is James white. And it's kind of along the same lines. I mean, he had, did I say 12 targets earlier or 14? I can't remember. Anyways, an an insane amount of targets in week two, and James White just does this, man. He's got games where he's super involved for a stretch of two, three, four games, sometimes even, and he's in. He's super involved in passing game. He's scoring touchdowns. He's the main guy there, and then somebody else gets healthy, and James White just disappears, and he ends up being droppable. And I think that that's going to happen. We've got. Josh Gordon coming in. We've got Julian Edelman coming back in a couple weeks. Now we have a, a somewhat healthy, at least healthy enough, Sonny Michelle, who they're trying to get worked in. I just think that that opportunity window is shrinking on James White, and now is the time to get out from under him while you still can. And so for my buys, my first one's Alshon Jeffrey. You guys know before the season that I kind of was bought all in on Alshon Jeffrey after digging in a little bit, and I I still am, man. I think that, especially now with their ancillary receivers getting injured, Mike Wallace and um, – who's our boy, James? I can't think of his name right now. Mack Hollins. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Wallace and Mack Hollins both out um, for at least – I mean, Hollins is out for a while. Mike Wallace is going to miss several weeks, and so even now more so with those ancillary guys getting injured, when Alshon Jeffrey comes back – I think he's going to just be a target monster, and he's going to be in line to be back in that offense the same time as Carson Wentz is. So I think the stars are aligning for Alshon Jeffrey to to get in there and get some high volume right away. My next one's is Quincy Inunua. I Man, I love Quincy Inunua, guys. I'm drinking the Quincy Inunua Kool-Aid. Uh, my argument is Sam Darnold is also drinking the Quincy Inunua Kool-Aid. So he's uh, he's the unquestioned wide receiver one on this team. He's got double-digit targets two weeks in a row. Robbie Anderson's an afterthought so far. And I think that that's going to continue. I think he's going to be a target monster the rest of the season. So I think even though he's not as cheap as he was when he was on the waiver wire a week and a half ago, I'm still trying to get him in, in pretty much every league that I can. And then my last one's Dalvin Cook. And this one's really just because I still believe in the player, but he's had two weeks in a row now that are kind of average to below average. They're not what people are expecting from Dalvin Cook, even though he's getting, you know, decent yardage. I think he scored. uh, He definitely scored last week, but it's not he hasn't had any blow up games. So people might be a little bit more willing to sell him right now. You're still going to have to pay a premium, but I think that he's at least attainable. And I still believe in that player and that offense has looked fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of on board with all those, Travis. That's I think it's a pretty solid list right there. Um, Man, you guys are making this
2: boring.
0: I, I know. I, I know I, it sucks, you, but I love. The let me buys. go back
2: to let me go back to
1: John's and hate on one of them
0: for a <laughs> second. <Yeah.
1: laughs> I I will say this: Alshon is if if reports now's the time to buy him, um, like right away here within the next day or two, because if reports come out that he's he's coming back and Carson Wentz is coming back. Again, I'm gonna have the same argument as I did with Aaron Jones. I don't know that if I held him for two weeks, I'm gonna sell him for for a whole heck of a lot. You know, i I'd, I'd have to I'd have to get above market value for him at that point. So that would be my only concern. Other than that, though, I no, I really like your list there, Travis.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate you trying really hard to to find something to disagree with me on too.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really, I, I looked it over and I had to think about it. But I, I found something for you, man. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to go to my buys and sells here. And I'm going to start with my sells. And my first one, uh, let's get it going here. I'm selling Melvin Gordon. And I already know, I already Boo know. this that, man. That Boo. This, yeah, <laughs> I already know that this is coming and I'm good with it. Because I am selling Melvin Gordon. He is, he's got to be one of the top, if not the top, fantasy running back right now. And the reason why he is is because of touchdowns. He's a touchdown dependent back. Those touchdowns that are coming in the first few weeks, he had three last week two receiving, one rushing. He had one rushing touchdown, even though he only ran, he only had nine attempts for 28 yards. He's still got a rushing touchdown. Same thing with receiving. Ended up getting seven targets, six grabs for 38 yards but two of them for scores. That's not going to continue. This guy's not going to continue scoring at the rate he is. Sell him now for a mint. Because you can get pretty much anything you want for him because he has been that good as far as putting up fantasy points goes in the first couple weeks. That's not going to continue when those touchdowns regress. Melvin Gordon is going to be a barely usable RB2. Those weeks, you do not want him. These, these touchdowns are fluky. If you have a touchdown-dependent back that is really lighting it up at this point, sell him, sell him high. You can get an awful, awful lot for Melvin Gordon right now. I'm selling Anywhere that I can, if I have Melvin Gordon rostered. Are you Second- selling, James? Mm-hmm. You selling Alvin
2: Kamara as well?
1: Uh, no, I think Alvin Kamara is more involved in that offense. I think he, uh, his, you know, he's less reliant on touchdowns to get his fantasy points. Um, well, so
2: right now they both have three touchdowns on the season.
1: Mm-hmm. They both.
2: Uh, Alvin Kamara has two hundred and forty yards total from scrimmage. Melvin Gordon has 232 and they both have 15 receptions.
1: Yeah, Elvin Kamara this last game did see six grabs for 53 yards and had 13 rushes for 46 yards. So I mean, he was he was definitely more efficient um with his touches that melvin gordon was and he has been throughout his career um especially last year i mean his efficiency was just ridiculous um so i mean overall you can look at the numbers and you can say that but when you look at you know who's who's been more efficient with their touches it's definitely been Alvin kamara i mean kamara remember against tampa bay they were behind and they were behind early <laughs> so he only got eight carries on in in uh in that first game against uh, Tampa Bay when they were at home. Yeah, he only had 29 yards, and he did have two touchdowns. But in the passing game, he's been involved. Um, He had nine, nine grabs for 112 yards and a touchdown in that game as well. Um, so I, yeah, I, I mean, total yards wise, I, I, get what you're saying, but I think he's more involved in the Zanes game plan. And I don't think he's as dependent on the touchdowns moving forward as Melvin Gordon's going to be. Melvin Gordon has never been an efficient runner throughout his career. I mean, i I've, I've brought it up so, several times with his yards per carry. He's just never been efficient with his touches. It's always been volume dependent. And right now it's not even the volume that's there. It's only the touchdowns. So when those touchdowns go away, I'm, I'm really concerned about what Melvin Gordon's going to give you. And I think you can get an awful lot for Gordon right now.
2: So what if I told you that Melvin Gordon has more carries and targets than Alvin Kamara and is averaging 3.8 yards per carry on the season. Alvin Kamara is averaging 3.6.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I guess I I, that that that's fine. I I would understand that. But Melvin Gordon has done this his entire career. Melvin Gordon has an average 4.0 yards per carry in what now four seasons. Alvin Kamara is just getting started, and last year his efficiency was insane. If there's a guy who is going to bounce back and be more efficient with his touches, it's going to be Alvin Kamara. It's not going to be Melvin Gordon. At this point of his career, I feel like we know who Melvin Gordon is. Alvin Kamara is still kind of carving out that role. And like I said last year, he was ultra-efficient with his touches. Um, so we kind of knew some regression was coming, and I think that th- this is going to to average to a means that's a little bit closer to you know to to four or four point two yards per cat uh, per carry as opposed to Melvin Gordon who I mean we know who he is we've seen it throughout his career he, he's he's not a guy who's efficient so um'm I'm, I'm again I, I understand that this year throughout those two games their numbers are very similar and you can make an argument that that Melvin Gordon has been more efficient at this point but I think overall if you look at an overall career trajectory you can tell that what Melvin Gordon has been Whereas Elvin Kamara is still kind of hashing that rollout out. And if anything, like I said, you know, last year he was, he was, even more efficient than than you would think. So um, I'm not too worried about Alvin Kamara and his efficiency. I think that'll even out a little bit. Um, but I I am worried about Melvin Gordon, not just this year, but also moving forward. I feel like this is, uh, especially in dynasty leagues, I feel like this is a trend. You know, we've seen it more than once. We kind of know who Melvin Gordon is. So um, I'm not concerned with Alvin Kamara. I think he's, I think he'll bounce back and he'll be, he'll end up being more efficient. He's a big part of that, uh, that attack. And um, I, I, I'm not as concerned with Alvin Kamara as I am with Melvin Gordon. So I'm, I would definitely sell Melvin Gordon just because I feel like I know, again, I know who he is. He's proven that throughout his career. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I figured, I figured that that was going to happen, but Hey, um, the second guy I'm selling is Marvin Jones and that's based on, well, Kenny Galladay, I, I, I've been tooting his horn for a while and he's had two weeks now. Where he looks like he is the best wide receiver in Detroit. And when you watched last week, I, I think may, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Detroit's plan was to start phasing out Golden Tate. And I think they they kind of realized that Golden Tate is too good for them to phase out. So all three of these receivers have been involved and have been um, have been, you know, fantasy relevant. I just don't know that the game script is going to continue where Detroit's always going to be behind. Uh, They looked a lot better against San Francisco, especially in the second half. They were in that game. They only lost by three. They put up 27 points. I feel like Detroit's going to find it here. And when they are ahead, you're going to see a lot of carry on Johnson. And I don't think that three wide receivers are going to be fantasy relevant. The one that I think is on the outside looking in, again, is Marvin Jones. So I'm selling Marvin Jones now while he's still involved in that passing game a little bit. He's still catching some touchdowns. I would sell him now while I still can, while he still has that value, because I'm, I'd am i be concerned that he's the guy on the outside looking in. Um, you know, I, I almost have the opposite argument as I do with Melvin Gordon. He was ultra efficient, uh, but he relies on that efficiency so much that if he doesn't uh, remain efficient, if, if his targets even go down, you know, an average of one a game, he's really going to feel it because, you know, that that when you're averaging almost 15 yards per catch, you know, that's, that's a lot of production that you're going to be losing just from losing that one target. So um, Marvin Jones, is the guy I'd be looking to move while he still has value next guy is, and, and, and this one hurts this, this is, this is my, uh, John, you had Patrick Mahomes on yours. I have Ryan Fitzpatrick on mine. And again, this is a guy who I root for, and it would be so difficult for me to move him because I like him so much. But at this point, I mean, his value is so, so high right now. I'm looking at the guy who the owner who has Jameis Winston rostered. And I'm I'm looking for some some primo compensation back for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think now's the time to move him. His value is really, really high. And I don't think that if you if you have him rostered, you are planning on using him for the majority of the year anyhow. So I think now's the time where I would try to move him to that that owner who has Jameis Winston if if you're not that guy and somebody else has him rostered. <clears throat> I think you can get a, a, a really, really nice, um, you know, a nice amount back in a trade for a guy that you probably picked up off the waiver wire or, you know, drafted in the very late rounds of your draft. So that would be another guy I'd look to, to sell. Um, real quick, I'm going to go through my buys here. Uh, David Johnson's a guy I'm buying. And again, I know he's a big name. I know it's only been two weeks, but a lot of people are really concerned with Arizona's offense. Hey, I'm included in that. However, I'm buying in David Johnson's talent. I think eventually Arizona realizes that, hey, look, we have to get our best player involved early and often. Um, and while I love Larry Fitzgerald, I think David Johnson's the guy who can do a little bit of everything. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's good at blitz pickup. That's a guy you got to get involved more in in that game uh, and more more in the game plan. So I'm, I'd buy David Johnson now low. Um, I'd buy David Johnson with an eggplant emoji, guys. That's how high. How happy I'd be to buy him low. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't I believe put that, that in right? there. I can't <laughs> believe you put that in
2: there, you pervert.
1: Yeah, that was me. Um the next guy I'm <laughs> buying low. <laughs> the next guy I'm buying low is David Njoku. And he has not been good the first couple weeks. I mean, it, it's it's his numbers have been uh, really, really down. And he's a guy that I think a lot of people rostered with a, a they had that high ceiling in mind with him, and he hasn't he hasn't performed that way to this point of the season. So I think a lot of people are either ready to cut him or ready to deal him for next to nothing. I think I'd grab him now. With Josh Gordon leaving, I think now the now's the time where Cleveland's going to have to focus on who their playmakers are and getting them the ball. David Njoku is a guy who can be that. I think they they've had a couple tough matchups against tight ends. I think that changes this week against the Jets. And uh, I think I would try to buy him before the Thursday games here. So if somebody's selling him or somebody's willing to get rid of him, I, I you know, I'd shoot an offer out there and just try to lowball and try to get him because a lot of people are really down on him right now. And if they weren't, they're not planning on using him going forward for the most part. They'll probably take more more than uh, less than you would think. So uh, the last guy I'm going to say is, and this one's tough, so I'm just going to gloss over it. Um, I I would buy Ryan Tannehill right now and. That passing game is really interesting because they don't really have a go-to guy, but he's spreading the ball around all over. He's actually looking really good the first couple of weeks, and uh, it's it's this is a make-or-break year for Ryan Tannehill. You know, and this is, uh, this is it for him. So feel like he's he's responding to the pressure pretty well and he looks good I I wouldn't buy him uh for for a ton but I I think you could probably get him still pretty cheap there's a lot of people that still don't believe in him and you know in a super flex league if you're looking for a low-end QB2 or you know you, you, you had a quarterback go down or you have Jameis Winston something like that Ryan Tannehill might not be a bad option for you to get you might not have to pay a premium for him and he's been playing pretty well so I think that's a guy I would buy
2: yeah, I got to give you credit where credits due, James, on the Marvin Jones being the odd man out call. Uh, it appears as though he is the wide receiver three on that team. Yeah, well, pretty, pretty crazy.
1: Yeah that that seems seems to be the the way it went. And you know, last year this guy was a thousand yard receiver, and it's just it's insane to think of of you know that guy falling off the map uh, that that much. But. It, I, I think I think that's the way it's going too, Travis, and that's why I think at this point, because they've had three wide receivers that have been fantasy relevant, you can still get something for them. But man, I wouldn't feel good about rostering them and starting them, you know, moving forward.
2: Yeah, it looks like the Kenny Galladay hype might
1: be for real. So far, it's only been two weeks, but so far, I think yep. he looks like the best receiver there. Yeah, yeah. The the only one. Ryan Tannehill
2: uh... sucks.
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> still can't. Kind of Sorry, I have, uh, sometimes I have uh,
2: football Tourettes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> huh, that's an unfortunate affliction for a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple things here. First of all, I I like the idea of us ranking these with emojis. Um, the uh the ones that are yeah. <laughs> super buys uh, with the uh, the eggplant. Uh, um and maybe the uh what's the the squirting one and stuff yeah um kind of like i kind of oh. like that i kind of like where we're going with that and then uh ryan fitzpatrick what would be the
2: sell what would be the cell emoji
0: uh <laughs> just the poop right <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, yeah, so, yeah i guess that's the marvin jones one. gets two poop emojis <laughs> uh so Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think I'm probably just letting him die on my roster. To be honest, I I guess I'm just kind of. My guess is that people that everybody is going to be a little bit skeptical that this can continue, and everybody's kind of, uh, wait, just waiting for Jameis Winston to come back and take that job. So I don't I don't know that you can necessarily get full value for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and especially considering the role that he's playing for you right now on your super flex rosters. I think I'm probably just going to hold, but, um, most of these, I'm, I'm, what do you,
2: are you guys change? Does that change in dynasty versus redraft for Ryan's Brian Fitzpatrick specifically?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I could definitely kind of like, man, if I can it. get,
2: if I can get something for Fitzpatrick in dynasty, I might, I might have to do that, man possibly
0: i mean it kind of depends on on (laughs) you're gonna hate this roster construction because i mean if you're (laughs) if you're waiting on marcus mariota or Jameis winston or you know one of these rookies to take over like baker uh or rosen then i don't know i i don't know why you wouldn't just you know keep rolling with fitzpatrick and and see what happens and see how long it lasts i i don't i I just don't know that you can really get that much but like james said i mean i could definitely see floating some offers to the to the winston owner um but yeah i think at the end of the day regardless especially in dynasty i think i'm probably letting fitzpatrick die on my roster um but i'm probably doing it in redraft too
2: interesting i think it would be the opposite for me i think i'd just write him out until I can drop him in redraft. And then in dynasty, if You're I can straight. get a sec. Yeah. I mean, if I can get a second for him, which I don't think is crazy right now. Yeah. He's just not going to be useful for, I mean, we're talking long-term here. Right. And then he's going to be useful for what, a couple of weeks. He's not going to be a starter anywhere for any sort of extended period of time.
0: Yeah, no, definitely agree. I just kind of think that everybody sees that, you know, I don't, That's I, don't, true. I don't know that you can sneak in past anybody but I don't know it's worth a shot though um, I, I'm definitely on board with uh, floating some offers But let's get to our last segment here next week this week and uh, some guys who are on waivers right now who are going to be high waiver priorities this time a week from now and we'll start with James this week Awesome!
1: Awesome! All right. Well, my first guy is going to be running back Mark Walton for the Cincinnati Bengals, and the reason being is because obviously the Joe Mixon injury looks like he's going to miss some time, uh, and you know everyone's everyone's wants Gio. Everyone wants Gio Bernard, and I get it. But let's not forget. Look, Jeremy Hill was brought in because Gio Bernard wasn't seen as an every down back. He he's kind of a guy who can split carries, and that's kind of his his role. And then when Jeremy Hill left, it was because Joe Mixon was there, and Joe Mixon's now that guy. So, I don't think that the Cincinnati Bengals want Gio Bernard to carry the load, even just for a few games. Mark Walton's a guy who is talented enough; he showed enough in the uh, in the. Uh, the preseason he was a late round pick i believe he was a 7th round pick out of michigan there and he's a guy that's that's capable of of logging some carries and doing some things so this is a guy that i think i would grab off the waiver wire and just see you know what happens if if, you know, Mark Walton starts putting together some carries, maybe Gio becomes the passing down back. Mark Walton becomes usable for a couple of weeks. I think this is a guy that I would pick up and take a shot on. I think he's worth doing that. And that Cincinnati offense has looked an awful, awful lot better than I think a lot of us anticipated at the beginning of this season. So that's a guy that I would take a shot on. He's a guy that you can get for next to nothing. You don't, you know, if, if it allows $0 waivers, you probably get him depending on how deep your league is for that $0. Um, Cody Latimer's the next guy, and he's he's the the wide receiver three there for the Giants. Week one, he, was, he, he wasn't he was used. He wasn't thrown to. And then in week two, Eli finally, late in the game, started throwing to him. He made a big catch, then followed that up, you know, the very next play with another nice reception. It seems like with this Giants offense, we get lost in the big names with Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. But it's the guy that you wouldn't think of. The Cody Latimer is the guy who's actually putting up some decent numbers. So... Cody Latimer is a guy that I think I would I would take a shot on. I might add him and uh, just kind of kind of see what happens over the next couple weeks with this Giants offense because uh, right now they they don't look great and the one thing that is working is Cody Latimer. So that might be something they go to more times than not. And the last guy I'm going to go to is Richie James and look this is a rookie wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think. You know, Dante Pettis has really, you know, he, he's, he's got the opportunity right now with with the Goodwin injury. Um, you know, so I, I you know, I, and I totally see that. But I think Richie James is going to carve out a role here pretty quick. Um, he's he's a talented wide receiver. He led the, the team in receiving pretty much every game in the preseason. I mean, he looked really, really good for a long time there um, in the preseason. And he's, you know, if he wasn't injured in college, he probably would have been a higher draft pick. Uh, he's a guy that I think has all the talent in the world. He just needs that opportunity. And I think he might start getting that opportunity in San Francisco a little bit here. I think they're going to find some packages for him. So, uh, I, I would grab him now. And again, this is a guy that you can get on the cheap. So, um, yeah, those are the, the three guys I would be looking at on the cheap. If I needed help with those positions, gentlemen, what do you guys think? I can dig it for Mark Walton.
2: I don't see the opportunity for the other two enough to where they're going to be usable, in in redraft at all but i -hmm. could be wrong i mean i see a path to that but i just don't think it's very likely but i mean we're digging deep here that's the whole point of this exercise so i'm on Mm -hmm. i can get on
0: board with it yeah totally totally agree um before i get to my three i want to start with marcus murphy actually because i gave him out last week as uh next week this week guy and i stand by that i think he's an ad this week it's a good one still yeah so first of all um, Leshon McCoy is is likely to miss this coming game um, with the, the with the cracked ribs or with the rib injury, and even when he if and when he does come back and play, it is really hard to handle a full workload with a rib injury. It's going to take some time for that to to recover, anyways, and then, and it's going to to limit McCoy's workload. I mean it makes it really hard to breathe. So, you know, it limits the number of touches that you can that you can take because uh, you know, once you're out of breath it starts to really hurt. <laughs> so Marcus Murphy's gonna take on more of a workload for the Bills uh anyways and then um and I mean I've been saying since the off season that I think that LaShawn McCoy is kind of on his last legs anyways. And uh, this is ultimately going to turn into Marcus Murphy's backfield. But for the moment, just based on the timeshare. Um, but I don't, I didn't want to go back to the well for a second week in a row. So go ahead and add Marcus Murphy now. He's going to be a high waiver priority sooner rather than later. But here's three fresh ones for you guys. First of all, Rashard Higgins. James already talked about him as an ad, And I think we're kind of saying the same thing here. Um, James is saying that Rashard Higgins is a plug and play this coming week. And I'm saying that Richard Higgins is gonna be a high waiver priority next week. And uh I, I mean they, they take in both cases he takes the same path. Um Brandon Zilstra for of the Minnesota Vikings, I don't know how you continue to throw the ball to Laquan, Laquan Treadwell at this point. He had six targets He only caught two of them. One was for a touchdown. But not only was he dropping the ball, the ball was bouncing off his stupid hands into an interception. You can't have that. So I don't see Laquan Treadwell even being able to get on the field anymore. The problem is the Vikings have to have somebody else, um, you know, in order to, to be able to keep moving Thielen and Diggs around the formation the way they'd like to. I think Brandon Zilstra is probably the next man up, um, and that's just my guess. But I think that you see an opportunity for Brandon Zilstra here, and then Wendell, Small, Wendell Smallwood, um, just by virtue of Jay Ajayi starting to uh, starting starting to break down a little bit, starting to um, see some injuries starting to pile up a little bit, and uh, again that Eagles backfield starts to turn into a committee. And I think that Wendell Smallwood becomes relevant, at least in PPR leagues, and uh, starts to see some catches and maybe even some carries um, as they uh, as they try and spell Jay Ajayi from time to time.
1: Nice, nice. I like that. Well, we'll, uh, you know, if Zilstra gets an opportunity, I guess we'll see if he has... What'd you call it? Uh, stupid hands, like Treadwell. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to see him stupid if his hands, hands are stupid or not. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. <laughs> but the, I I really like the window Smallwood call here, John. Um, it's uh, it's really interesting. Not only like you said, is Jay Ajay wearing down a little bit, but so is Darren Sproles. You know, diminutive guy who uh, who you know throughout his career was surprisingly durable. You know, lately, uh, over the past couple of years, has has started to sh- to show some wear and tear and started to get hurt an awful lot. And without that, it was Wendell Smallwood and uh, Corey Clement for a short time before J.H.I.E. came back. So Wendell Smallwood's a guy that you know could see opportunity just based on you know what's what else the Eagles have that's healthy and usable in that backfield. So I like that. I think that's a really good call.
2: The uh, circle eggplant jerk continues.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> so my my first one for next week this week. Is, wow.
0: Yeah.
2: So I'm I'm gonna go with DJ Moore. Nice. Um, so I just think that there's an opportunity here, um, especially now with Greg Olson out and the team's talking about how they need to get him more involved. Obviously, because reporters are asking about him now, especially after that. One catch for 51 yards and a touchdown that he had this last week, um, but they—they they, it's not like they have an insane amount of weapons blocking him from production. And if he gets, if he starts working in and getting five, six targets a game, he could be valuable for us for sure. And then kind of the same thing with Cortland Sutton, but this one's more of I really, really did not like what I saw from Demaryius Thomas in week two. John, maybe you can shed some light here for me, but he, he was bad. <laughs> he was bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did get injured, but uh, I don't know. This, is, this I has been like, an ongoing yeah. thing. I'm, I I think I'm with you. I think this starts to – we start to see a little bit of a phase out from DT and phase into Cortland Sutton because the drops have just been way too frequent for – years several years now
2: yeah I feel like it's kind of been a long time coming like he's been on this slow decline for a while and Cortland Sutton hasn't been super efficient with his targets but he's made some big plays and I think we all think he's a good player I think he could start he he could have his opportunities increase pretty quick here so he's free right now you can get him and stash him Um, I think that his volume is going to go up a little bit he and had, then my last one. Go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah. By the by, by the way, Cortland Sutton had a beautiful touchdown c- catch called back. Um, they ruled him out of bounds, even though absolutely everybody saw the foot land in bounds. I saw that. Yeah, that it, it was that close, a matter of yeah. inches from him being a high waiver priority this week. That's
2: true. That's to true. Being
0: absolutely free. So yeah, grab him while you can. Yeah, that was a sexy catch too.
2: Um the last one's Vance McDonald. So I talked about Jesse James earlier. Oh come
0: on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're getting it. I, know, end I this. love I love how James <laughs> acts well like he, I
2: like I love how James <laughs> acts like he hasn't been staring at that name on the show sheet for an hour now. <laughs> 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 like what? This is an outrage. Yeah, so Vance McDonald, I think, is a good pickup and stash guy right now, man. I mean Jesse James is getting it done. And they are targeting him. I mean, he's making some plays, but I just think Vance McDonald's the better player. And I think that Pittsburgh probably knows that, too. Or at least the more explosive and upside player. Jesse James is a solid NFL tight end, but he's not this insane playma- playmaker that he's been pretending to be for the first two weeks. Bye. Yep,
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I don't know. <laughs> I don't mind that one. I mean, I think Jesse James is still the guy, but I will say Tampa Bay is 30th against uh, uh, tight ends in fantasy scoring right now. So um, there's an opportunity. Ben is horrible on the road, but maybe that means an uptick for the tight end position just kind of in general. He's got to coexist with with the outlaw, though.
1: The tight end one in Pittsburgh, you mean?
0: Yeah, we
2: are. We're talking about Vance McDonald already.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: Here we go. I thought you. I thought you were on the same page here. Yes, the Titan won in you're gonna, Pittsburgh. Vance McDonald.
1: You're, you're gonna die on this Jesse James sized <laughs> hill, aren't you? <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: and with that, we're gonna wrap it up for the first of two episodes this week, and uh, we'll be back in a couple days to talk about the matchups for the week and uh, some start sits. But as we wrap it up, we're going to ask you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're listening listening on iTunes, please give us a rating and review as well. Um, Help us to expand our audience and our reach and to uh, really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And don't forget to subscribe to Travis's solo podcast, the Travis NFL Fantasy Football Show, where he is going five days a week, every weekday, in 30 minutes or less. And he's hitting waivers, he's hitting matchups, he's hitting the news of the week, injuries, etc. He's getting to all of that stuff in 30 minutes or less. You can listen to it on your commute to work. Such an awesome resource, so definitely check that out. You can also send us your trades on Twitter. We're at superflexshow. If you send them, send them to us, we can retweet them. We can help you get more comments and votes and sometimes even analyze them right here on the podcast. And while you're at it, make sure you're following the show at superflexshow and follow Travis. He's at TravisNFL. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain. And I'm at superflexdude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. But above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye.